0: Welcome. Today, I am delighted to be talking to my old colleague and friend, Matthew Ball. Matthew has been copywriter, creative director, ECD, CCO, CEO, founder, and owner of numerous agencies. He's been named as number five in the top 10 global CCOs by campaign and is no stranger to creative awards, winning tons of them, and has been judge and president of juries for candy and AD, The One Show, and numerous others. So after doing all of that, Matthew started a business called Solo Union that a- aimed to help clients crack the big idea platforms. Um, and the reason I wanted to talk to you today, Matthew, is that that's morphed into a really interesting role for you. And that is your, uh, as a client's chief creative officer. So currently, global chief creative advisor for AB InBev, chief creative Creative advisor for Craft Heinz, and for Live Kindly. So what I found interesting, and this is why I reached out to you the other day, was that um, AB InBev has been named Can Marketer of the Year for the second time in two consecutive years. For the first time ever. Yep. Um, and I thought it's probably no coincidence that these companies are performing exceptionally well. I mean. ABA and Bev's had uh, also ranked most effective marketer worldwide by FE's number one creative marketer by Walk, and Kraft Heinz named fourth most innovative marketer in the USA. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the role that you're playing in the business, um, the impact that you feel someone of your experience can have within a brand organization, um, how it works and why you think it's so effective. So can you tell me a little bit about what you do and how it works
1: well first of all jilly you would know better than most that but i other people do all the work and i take all the credit you know this okay
0: i have experience
1: but um look uh, it's well, first of all thank you for uh chatting to me today i i greatly appreciate it i always love um talking about myself no i actually <laughs> love talking about the business and and what we do um, it's and I, it's been a real gift these last sort of six seven years because I have the ability to, I guess, serve the 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 not the industry the profession I love which is advertising and I truly love it. I, I don't necessarily love the industry, um, as you and I both know. The, you know when when holding companies take over places, the the, the shift changes away from the product to towards a profit. So what I've been able to do is I've been able to focus on teams all around the world, both at ABM and Craft Hines, on the product, um, which in many ways has been very liberating for the agencies that we work with as well. Mm. Uh, so sensibly, my, my role hasn't really changed to the role I've had for many, many years, which is to try and create an environment um, in which people can create, be innovative, um, where they can feel liberated uh, where they can feel that their courage will be rewarded. Uh, it's quite an easy thing to say, but as you know, very, very difficult thing to do. Interestingly, I think the big breakthrough for us at ABI has been, um, and, and obviously I have um, big input in this, but the truth about it is the bosses have to endorse it and they have to believe in it. But the big thing has been to, to get our, our marketing teams to actually be vulnerable Mm-hmm. to trust themselves when it comes to their their intuition about work to be honest with each other about the work to be honest with our creative partners about the work i i i have this new shtick where i say punch your your creative partners in the nose don't email them in the back
0: i saw that I'm- in your bull back yeah interesting um and the point there is to give honest feedback right to totally but
1: and not to be emphatic about it. So to say, to turn around and say to our agency partners, look, it doesn't feel right to me. I can't explain exactly why it doesn't feel right to me, but it's not setting me on fire. And the, the truth about great creative work is great creative work sets you on fire inside. Mm. Uh, and and you'll feel the work straight away. And I get them to feel the work. So feel what are you feeling straight away? So and is that, all,
0: what, is that what you mean by vulnerability? Like sort of s- sit with ambivalence or sit with discomfort?
1: Correct. Don't be don't be embarrassed about being stupid. The cleverest people in the world are stupid. Yeah, you don't have yeah. absolute stupidity, well,
0: and that's I'm how you learn. Also, yeah,
1: yeah I, I don't know. So that's how you learn, and just that creates. You have to create an environment, right? And as I said, you have to be given permission by the leaders in that environment to yeah. be stupid, to yeah. ask questions, to not know the answer to things. Yeah, because. Creativity is all about exploration. It's all about questions, questions, questions. Many, many, many more questions until you get to answers. And you can't be in a world where you're asking questions where you feel as though you've got to be the one that has all the answers. And mm. many clients think their job is to have the answers. It's not. Your job is to ask the right questions. Mm. So so I do. So that's been a great part of it for me across, across the board. Obviously, setting ambitions. For the kind of work we want to do is essential. Having the trust of my teams around me to, to, um, I guess, trust me that these ambitions are the right ambitions to have and achievable. Yeah. Important, and this goes to the bosses of the organisation because if your bosses don't believe in the power of creativity to transform fortunes, mm-hmm. you can forget about any creativity.
0: So if that they was think. What- you know there was one thing I wanted to ask you did that change happen before you got there uh has it the pace of that change increased since they've experienced working um in in this way and it's it's having good results for them like
1: yeah so I I would say that it it. There was a great uh, global CMO at ABI called Miguel Patrizio. He came in and said, right, we're going to stop being this organization that's all about operational excellence because we've bought everybody we've we bought. You know, we've maxed out on that. So now we have to sweat the assets we have and the assets we have are our brands. So we need to actually build these up and we need to be innovative and we need to be creative. And he pulled me in. So it was about seven, eight years ago with a couple of projects. Yeah. And then I got involved five or six years ago with with just global brands and then it just grew and grew and grew from there and um it just caught uh, you know a, a great um cre- uh, cmo in in the us called marcel Marcondes, mm. who really really pushed the us um um creative agenda who's now a global cmo who i work with all the time um so so they I guess if you look at it, they had the vision for it and they would bring somebody like me in to help implement the vision and maybe just sharpen it in certain, certain areas, but they, they have the vision. Um, and they have most importantly the belief in it. They believe in creativity. And now Miguel is the CEO of Craft Heinz and Miguel pulled me over to do the same job. And I was saying to someone yesterday, because Miguel is such a revered figure at ABM they are comfortable with me working over at Craft Heinz. So I have two children. Right,
0: right, and, yeah.
1: Whereas normally I would never be able to do that.
0: I, I saw, I saw uh, there were two lovely web, uh, quotes on your website, and I thought the one was this: Pedro Erp, ex global global CMO for ABM Before we get too bullish, believing our own bullshit, we call Matthew. Yeah. Which kind of amusing. I think. Yeah.
1: What's great about that, and this is the truth about the lovely thing about it is I, because I'm in this kind of unique position of, of not actually being an employee of these companies, but being an asset of these companies, they they require that I'm brutally honest with them, mm-hmm. not just on the work, but also with them and how they're dealing with the work as well. So they liberate me to do that. And we've had conversations and Pedro and I had conversations about you know, coming on board full-time and all these, well, I am full-time, but I mean, coming on board literally is, you know, an executive. And I just said, but then I'll become like you and you want me to be like me um, because that gives them a sort of an inside, outside view of of how, you know, what they're doing um, without just, you know, becoming their, vo- becoming a voice like this. So Miguel always says, you know, the most important thing about an organization is that when you can, where where you get into trouble is where the only voices you listen to are the voices that sound like yours Mm. so true and of course creativity one of the difficulties is creative people don't sound like in inverted commas business people and yet creative people are and just look at all the great leaders from Phil Knight to Jobs everyone they're creative Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so 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 Failing companies are companies that turn around and go, we just want to listen to the finance guys and the ops guys and the guys that get things done. Well, they get things done, but the things they're getting done are created by creative people. So-
0: Yeah, uh, I think they're selling, absolutely. Um, So do you sit in between, I mean, do you review the work, for example? So do you sit in, how do agencies react to you? I mean, they probably used to you by now, but when you started working, how did they feel about you being like a, a- a gatekeeper or a um well a i think or how do they how do they see you
1: i think it's evolved quite quite significantly i mean just to say i also put processes in place very important yeah, i
0: wanted to ask you about that yeah so how did that I put work? processes
1: in place strategic processes in place because i'm so as you know believe in the power of strategy to propel creativity i mean you can't do great creative without great strategy Um, And, you know, things that help our marketers judge creative work because often they'll have intuition about work, but they won't be able to. So we've got scales of both companies where if it's five, it's like, okay. If it's 10, it's iconic and in between. And they go, oh, I'm feeling this. Oh, it's a seven. Okay. That means feeling a a seven
0: or yeah. Yeah. So you give them the language to to articulate. Yeah, that's correct.
1: Correct. So now how do agencies react to me? Well, it's initially with suspicion. Mm -hmm. Uh, because remember, it's a very new role in the the world. Um, So so is Matthew like the consultant coming in to tell them to change the agencies? And I'm not a consultant. I'm an advisor. Advisors stick with, you know, advisors go to work for you every single day. Consultants, you know, like Bain and McKinsey and those other douchebags, they give you a document that they've given many other places and say, go and implement it, whereas I'm part of implementing it. So I review all the work the significant work mm. um from st- strategy from brand platforms pretty much everything i i'm i sit on the client side um the benefit i think agencies have seen and i have a i must say a wonderful relationship with our agencies is first of all i truly appreciate them and the, yeah. their talent and the difficulties that they go through, and I understand the world they're in, which allows me to translate that world to my side and explain that one of the the big learnings for my teams has been: um, you need you, creative people don't need time, they need space. Okay, in other words, give them the space to create great work. Don't harass them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, liberate them from that. So that's been good. And then the other thing is is I think because of, um, you know, my reputation and the fact that my agencies have, have always done pretty good work, in fact, very good work, um, they trust me, my judgment on the work. So I'm often the one that has to give them the real bad news, if it's mm-hmm. real bad news about like a campaign. Like, for example, I can tell you this morning, I kiboshed a really big campaign that we've been working on for a year. And over the weekend, I just said, it's not good enough. So I've told the team today who agree with me, and now mm-hmm. I've got to go and talk to the agency behind the scenes and talk to the leaders behind the scenes. And then it just makes it easier. Because it, yeah. it, it, and it also makes agencies understand that, that we, over, we know that the difference between a great campaign and a bad campaign is a client. It's not an agency. Okay, we know this. But, you know, if you trust yourself as a client, you'll pick a great agency. Okay, you yep. will pick a good agency, and yep. our job as a client is to get the best out of that agency. You know, with our tools, be they briefing, whatever, but also with our with our personality. So, um, so I wanted to
0: ask you about briefs. Um, are you do you also help? Do you, do you sort of review internally backwards? You know, in terms of the briefs that are going to go out to the agencies, yep. do you sit there? Because as an ex-creative and someone who's run creative agencies. For years, you know how you feel when you see a brief that can go nowhere, or when you see a brief that's extraordinary.
1: Yeah, I I I do. Um, I wouldn't say I'm great at it because I think as a creative, one of the things is you get a brief and it takes you a while to learn whether to discover whether the brief's good or bad. Okay. Um, You know, because creative people, this is another thing that you know we 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 learn is that. Um, creative interrogates strategy, you know. So often you can look at a strategy and say, Oh, that looks really good and start doing creative work and then realize actually it's got holes in it. The strategy. Yeah, it yeah,
0: mm.
1: Sometimes it's also an excuse for creatives. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got to like, get the balance there. But I, I by and large, you know, I look at all the briefs, I try and see, I always try and look and go, would I be excited about this brief? That's mm-hmm. the only question i ask myself and if the answer is no then they go then they go and redo it up and i must also say Julie, this is a really big thing for me how i've been embraced by the, the marketing team and the business teams mm. has, that's been the one of the most rewarding things of my career because there's no cynicism there's a real desire from mm. everyone to be to do great work to have their work loved so you're not walking into, by and large, a hostile environment. I mean, there might be the odd person that wants to take all the glory,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but and, and this is like another big aspect of, I guess, if anyone wants to do this job in the future, you you must view yourself. You know me very well. I always wanted to be the hero, right? I always wanted to be the guy in the lead, the charging for follow me, follow me. And you know, I'm not like that at all now. I know you're falling off your chair, but it's true. I'm kind of at the place where...
0: Are I, your fingers I, crossed underneath the and <laughs> It's like
1: a actually a <laughs> No, I'm at the place where I want to... I'm in a place in my life and whatever for the last few years where I just, the, just like to lift, help people get up. So I'm not interested in anything at all when it comes to credit, fame, well, all that's just not relevant to me. What's relevant to me yeah. is... The joy of seeing all these people. Like can last year was so amazing. I filmed our whole team going up on stage. They were calling me. Come on. I said, no, this is my this is the beauty to film all of you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: joy of clients. Yeah. It's just no, it's, it's just, just amazing.
0: Um so I remember when you and I chatted um, after after the win, after the can uh, win for ABMV, you said that um, they were once told they were the worst client in the world. Yeah. yeah so, so So now, so do you think that shift was as a result of new leadership and this desire to kind of sweat the assets or, you know, make them? It just seems to me that there are so many... The more the research comes out that creativity is effective, it seems there are so many companies that are just doing worse creative than ever. What do you think they're doing wrong? I mean, what is, what is the sticking point? Is it belief? Is it uh, inability to have the answers as you say, what do you think is getting in the way?
1: Well, well, it's really difficult to be creative. It's it it requires immense talent. Mm -hmm. It requires courage. Yeah. um it requires going against the norm. it requires being uncomfortable. There's your answer. you know and one of the great disappointments in my life is watching Unilever become a to, for the marketing company of the world to be pathetic at marketing now because that's mm-hmm. really what they are. Mm. Why? Because they've lost the courage to do it, not the belief because it's all you know everyone pays lip service. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so there are still many companies that are that, that so that's why. Um, because also creative, the the, the creative is unquantifiable. It, so research, as everyone knows, doesn't work when it comes to effectiveness of 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 advertising. Otherwise, <laughs> all advertising would be effective because
0: right. right. we don't
1: right. we don't research work at Kraft Heinz and we research work minimally at ABI. Okay. That's another reason why we're successful about it.
0: What do you research? Do you research the idea or what? at what stage do you research it?
1: Yeah, we'll research the. So if we do research it, it will be we'll research the logic of the idea. We will not research is the creative work cool, everyone, mm-hmm. because, mm. because it's impossible to do that. Mm. We will go. What we do as well was we put all our executed work into a, a system that Cantor have to talk about our brand power, which is how, how do our consumers respond towards it. Will they want to buy it, do that as art? Will they pay more for it? And that's our power score we have. But that's with executed work viewed by people as human beings, Mm -hmm. not as robots and research um, communities. Mm. So I I do think, though, as I said, it's unquantifiable until it's quantifiable. In other words, until it's out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing about creativity is it always requires a little bit of time. People forget that it took Apple a long time to be a famous, huge company with many, many different products until they got there. Yeah. Exact the same Nike, all great companies. Hewlett Packard it mm-hmm. takes time, yeah. and that's another part of it. So some some CEOs and the like don't have the patience for creativity because they work on quarters, and it's much yeah you know, the whole it's,
0: ROI immediate kind of response okay. return et cetera. At,
1: and that's why you'll see guys uh share prices booming up when the ceo says we're cutting costs and the mm-hmm. share price goes up because whereas great companies are about investing they're yeah. investing in brands investing in ideas and investing in people that's what they're all about they're not about cutting and creativity fundamentally is about investment so that's why some people just don't have the courage to invest
0: yeah, it kind of drives me crazy because I mean, I I I, I saw James Herman's thing on uh, creative commitment, and all of the all of the work's been done. The, the 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 If you if you are an analytical marketer and you fear creativity, there is enough research that should put you at rest. Um, but there's just I think that that area of the lack of la- lack of vulnerability and fear is quite interesting.
1: And 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 confidence, Julie. Because if you and I, you know, walk into a gallery, mm. walking around the gallery, and um, I'm my knowledge of art is, let's say, minimal, and your knowledge of art is exceptional, and yeah. you look at a piece of art and go, "Wow, that's great," and I'm going, "What is this? What the hell is it? It's a Basquiat. It's worth <laughs> twenty million. What? It looks like a kid's it and, and that's that's because yeah. this is the thing about creativity. Creativity is something that you feel. Right, great brands are things that you feel. You don't go, "Hmm, that makes a lot of sense. Let me buy a Ferrari. You go, yeah, feel. So that means vulnerability. That means openness. And many people in business are afraid of that. And in fact, the cultures they work in are you will wear a suit with a tie. You know, have your dress down to your ankles. All these sorts of things. You know, if you're a guy that likes wearing a dress, all these sorts of things happen.
0: So that's it. So um, the other quote that I liked off your website was by Miguel Patricio, who said, Matthew's been absolutely critical in improving our creative capabilities. He's made us more strategic, more courageous, bolder, and more connected with culture. So, um, and he he said, you know, you've been an essential part in our journey to build a culture of creativity. Um, I mean, I think one of the things is that creativity doesn't just live in the advertising space. It it goes right through the business. So do you, have you seen that in, in the businesses that you work with? Have they, in terms of product innovation or just general creative culture, how has that changed?
1: Yeah, in fact, that's that, that's that's my job, actually. My job is to trans, help transform the company. Now, mm. what do I do? I, I score goals, let's say. But I can't score the goals without everybody feeding me the ball and doing all these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's total company. Yeah. So, But we Miguel and I know that, that the best way of, of really getting it is, is with a marketing campaign. Because a marketing campaign has a relationship with consumers even beyond the product. So if the consumers are in love with your marketing and they love your marketing... Mm-hmm. Everybody else in the organization is going, I want a piece of that. Oh, let me, our product innovation at ABI is great. Our product innovation at Craft Heinz is unbelievable. When you see some of the things we're doing from, you know, even little tiny, little special editions.
0: And I saw the, um, was it Absolute, the pasta the, um, the sauce? This thing, yes. Yes, there you go. I love it. It's so beautiful. Look at that
1: that's oh. no, great it's beautiful so yeah all these little things are amazing and yeah and rewarding for everyone so it's total company and you know we had an incident um with Budweiser in Qatar last year where our beer was banned from so right th- I was with Marcel with Global CMO actually with lunch with Miguel that's all I do lunch and dinner and we got Nothing the phone changed. Nothing's changed. We got. The, I don't drink as much though. <laughs> um, uh, we got the phone call there. He got the phone call saying Qataris have banned us selling liquor, and so we went. Oh my god! And he had millions of bottles and cans of Budweiser. Mm-hmm. What were we going to do with them? So we had to bring home the Bud. We put together this huge big promotion. We got crates, the cr- like big, you know, containers. Flown into the, the countries that were in the last 16, and whoever won, we were gonna oh, fly, going to
0: fly. Oh, that's brilliant.
1: Total company. So, yeah. in other words, creatively, the, we, the marketing team had the idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Impossible to do without total company, distribution, yeah. manufacturing, you name it. You name it. We did the whole thing. That's a comp- Now, that won't happen in a company that doesn't believe in creativity, doesn't see the benefit of it. And, you know, if you look at the results of both Kraft Heinz and AB InBev, since the creative force started, we just like this, you
0: know. Fantastic. You know,
1: I, I mean, we're gonna go, we, we all know we're going through a very tough, you know, probably next six months. So, yeah. but we've got the power of creativity behind us. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll win where others don't because of that.
0: So what's the work that you've been the most proud of?
1: Oh, wow. I think the work that makes me most proud is one brands that people have given up on, where they go, let's maintain it into the grave, um, maximize it. So Mm -hmm. that's probably a bit of a harsh statement to make. But for example, you could take Velveeta, which is a processed cheese here in America, that was dusty is now probably one of the coolest brands in america we had a campaign called the dolce baldita we've got a campaign we do the wildest things it is such cool work everybody everyone writes about it everybody loves it That's cool. um, so then i'm really proud of oscar Mayer, really proud of like taking particularly craft Heinz brands that were under um you know underserved really from a marketing point of view but okay. also from a product point of view that were old fashioned because a lot of it's you know old fashioned food, and then just to transform those, that's been great. Yeah. Maybe with Corona, you know, just the, the Corona work we do. I'm just so proud of the work. I'm proud of. I've got such a. We've got such a great team. Yeah. Um, this is a campaign actually that Marcelin started years and years ago. So it's actually quite nice that as he's now up here to see all of the fruits of, of the really strong strategy and a strong core platform come up. Um, you know, Budweiser, hard brand eh, to, to do, to just see the amazing work it's, that's coming out of it. And then Michelob Ultra. You know, we do incredible work for Michelob Ultra. Um, that, you know, that's, remember, you've got a light beer. We've, we, we, it's a lifestyle sports beer. Beer in the sports world is amazing, um, very techy. And, you know, that, that's, again, the most creative brand in in two most creative brands, the most creatively rewarded campaigns and work of Corona and Ultra. Mm. Which are the two best performing businesses? Corona and Michelob Ultra. It is that's not amazing.
0: a good one. I was watching um, a talk that Marcel gave at the IMC conference here, um, and he was showing some of the Michelob Ultra work that was done during COVID when sports came back in and and uh, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful work. It's so okay. emotive. And a lot of the work that he showed was in- incredibly um, emotive. And I don't know if it was just during COVID that it was like that. But I mean, is that is, is that something that they do um, usually kind of?
1: No, I think, like I said, creativity is about feeling right? So, yeah. so we understand the, the power of emotion. Uh, all our brands and you know it's it's relationships are emotional things and people have relationships with brands therefore you need to continually you know get some emotion in that relationship so we're really we're really careful about about doing that across all our brands um and as you know it's it's more powerful than logic so you know we know how to do it
0: so last question what advice would you give to your younger self as a ecd don't,
1: don't knowing be such what,
0: a dick. <laughs> knowing what you know now about what life is like inside the, the brand world
1: you know i would try and one of the things that so if you ask me from a from a business point of view and agency point of view i think what was great julie is that i think we always went to work to make great work okay that was really powerful um i think that my advice and i don't think we ever were sally as a as a business you know you know i don't think we ever we obviously wanted our work to be bought but we were never sally 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 and i would even be i would even be less sally because one of the things that really drives me mad is when agencies come in and try and sell work to Mm. us now we make work with agencies agencies we don't buy work from agencies we make work with them so don't come in and sell me something, mm-hmm. particularly as you can imagine to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, you can't sell work to, and this is good marketers, you can't so sell work to that, they, they make it for you. So yeah. I, I with that knowledge, I would do different things. And mm-hmm. the other thing is, you know, for, for people out there in the advertising business, unfortunately, pitches are still part of the the mm.
0: shtick.
1: We don't do pitches at at um Craft hands, and we do very, very few at at ABI. And if we do them, we pay because we want to value what we get. But here's the big thing for all your agency people and and all your clients that you work with as well. The problem with pitches is agencies give you what they think you want. And we've heard this want-need thing all the time. But in a pitch, it's so apparent. They give you what they think you want, not what they think you need.
0: What's going to win the business, yeah.
1: So, oh, Matthew quite like that word, pleasure. Let's make sure the word, I promise you, it it literally is as little as that. And, oh, you know, so the CMO, uh, he likes windsurfing. Let's try and build windsurfing. It it just becomes, it becomes selling. Mm -hmm. And it never works. And I have, and I'm sure any agency person and any marketing person will tell you, I've worked on hundreds and hundreds of pitches. The work never, ever, ever runs. Ever, never. I've never seen a campaign where it's run. Mm. And I've, we in pitches. Great example. We we did a pitch on Oscar Mayer. Um, kind of this is as I start, first started getting involved with Kraft Heinz. So I've arrived mid pitch. I added an agency or two on. Saw the pictures, all the work was really good and really great. We chose the agency that did the worst work. Hmm. Why? Because we knew we saw them, we liked working with them when we saw the work they'd done, and we knew we'd do great work going forward. It was Johannes Leonardo, by the way, which is Oh,
0: fantastic. Yeah.
1: And we're right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember years ago, our mutual client union Gail Clintworth, said to me, she feels weird that she's expected to buy something and that we're selling something to her because we're part of a team that's making something so that's exactly that point yeah
1: yeah and it's a and you know it's a um the most distasteful part of the business is the new uh, the new business part of it um Mm. i always say that the best new business people are deeply shallow and um you know there's just like a there's just an insincerity about Uh Mm, yeah uh, so it kind of feels feels wrong and, and I think as a marketer you should be insulted by that and if you're insulted by that then don't pitch okay because they, you know we need to make jobs like that obsolete I'm sorry to say that because some most of them are really smart strategic people they get put into new business because they've got the gift of the gap yeah actually they should be doing the work so you know I I, I really hope that pitching becomes a thing in the past um, as we go and just you know Rewinding a little to something you said about your disappointment and the quality of work was happening. Mm. You are, but I am definitely seeing because of our success as a huge company um, and also craft our success, certainly in, in, in America or global companies, more and more and more of them are going, like Pepsi, great example. I you know mm-hmm. they're transforming the business, really mm. pushing it. There's lots of them, and I'm getting more and more people big companies to talk talking to me for guidance on on you know what did we do at abm and craft hands how can they change it so you know i'm pretty positive that the the wave will continue to change and Mm -hmm. you know we use independent agencies by and large unless we have a person at a, a holding company agency that we like and we do that because we know they go to work they take work personally they take what they do personally and they go to work for the product whereas of course as i said earlier on mm. holding company businesses talented people great people often compromised by their ownership structure and we know all this as a business
0: yeah well i mean you said it at the beginning beginning it's profit not product and um it's it's not ultimately what we sell so it's a it's a self defeating long term strategy so yeah right. But thanks for that. That's really insightful and interesting. And um, uh, I really hope many, many more take your lead. And um, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. So me too. Uh, and and uh, me too. And I, you know, I, I will say, um, I hope there are many, many more creative marketers. Because there was a time where... You know, a lot of CMOs were, were people that were not creative people or didn't appreciate creativity and didn't fundamentally believe in creativity. But I think that's changed. I think that's changing. Mm, that's um, I think news. there's a real place for for the innovative CMO. The most famous CMOs in the world, Fernando Machado mm-hmm. and Marcel. You know, are are you know creative people. So I I hope to see more of it.
0: Yeah. Um, me too. Uh, okay, one last question. I just said the last one was the last one, but do you think the kind of always on the filling the, the digital landfill, as Sir John Hegarty calls it, um, do you think that takes people's eyes off creativity and the big idea that they just so focused on filling this hosepipe of of content um, that it, it removes them from that space you were talking about because there's, there's so much pressure... So much sort of everything has got to be done now. And there's a million iterations of each thing.
1: Totally. I mean, look, you know, we've all met that person at the dinner party that can't keep quiet and yet has nothing to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, brands that can't keep quiet but have nothing to say are a problem. They're all reactive brands. They don't have proper strategy. We are really careful about our strategies. We're really careful about what we say and where we say it. So media is still a bit of a blunt instrument for a lot of media companies, but slowly but surely people are understanding that, you know, you know, you you've you always to reach people and places to reach people appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an example, um, so we still still do a lot of TV in America on beer. Why? Because of sport, sports on TV. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't do a lot of TV. Why? Because we're in the food business and obviously the beverage uh, business. And our target market are on their phones or on their iPads. That's where they are. They are not watching TV. And if they are watching TV, they're watching streaming. So it's, you know, you've got to really understand it. But certainly, um, I do think it's changing. Mm -hmm. I do think it's being more targeted. I think media companies have tried to sell things like media impressions being, it's nonsense. All that stuff is nonsense. If you put a post out and you've got a me- million impressions. It probably means four people have watched it. Yeah, <laughs> you know all this sort of stuff. And it's lots of
0: robots, though. That's the great thing because lots you know, of robots. Robots guarantee. love cream cheese.
1: They love cream cheese. Yeah. So look, uh, but it's uh, again, it's evolving, it's changing, it's hopefully going to become more sophisticated in time to come.
0: Good, out. great news. Thank you, Matthew. Right, you dear. have a fabulous day, and we'll. You too. My
1: great great. pleasure. And I love the school of thought. So
0: thank you. Thank you. Awesome.
1: Thanks. Bye.